welcome to the mocktail hour. Yay! <laughs> For the sober curious. And the alcohol free. I'm Sunny. And I'm Cynthia. And we're coming to you from the heart of San Francisco's Mission District. Although, now that I think about it, the heart of the Mission District would be the actual mission itself. Mm -hmm. And we are not recording there today. We are just a few blocks away. We're just, I think, two blocks up the hill from the golden fire hydrant that saved San Francisco. So cool. I didn't know anything about that. You don't? Mm -mm. Really? No. Nope. Can I tell? Yes, fill have... me in. All right. I mean, I don't want to... I know everybody's wanting to hear what our new recipe is for this week, but I can't. I just love telling about the Golden Fire Hydrant. I love anything with San Francisco history. So in the big fire and earthquake, the earthquake and fire of 1906, mm -hmm. the whole Mission District of San Francisco was on fire. Basically everything from Market Street south to 20th Street was burning, a big swath. And none of the fire hydrants were working. The fire department didn't have any water to fight the fire with. So it was just going to burn up the whole rest of the town. Like, And so it was coming up this hill. What made this hydrant special? Well, it was a hydrant where for some reason they actually got it to produce some water. Mm. So a lot of people think that it was that one fire hydrant that like stopped the whole fire. Mm -hmm. But it was that one fire hydrant plus they set dynamite all along the north side of 20th Street, which is where I live, all along the north side of 20th Street, and they blew up all the buildings on that side of the hill. Why? As a fire break. Wow. To stop the fire. So it was like a big swath of rubble that yeah, would stop. That would stop feeding the fire. Whoa. And so the houses on the south side of 20th Street are all pre-1900 houses, mm -hmm. Liberty Hill Historic District. Yeah. And on my side of the street, it's all the tacky ass stuff that was built after us. I love that. Isn't that great? That's so cool. That's like all the stories my husband tells me of London, of all that, like every third house is new because it was where the bombs would drop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Too cool. It's crazy. So this fire hydrant um, is where every year on April, I forget the date, 17th? which is the anniversary of the 06 earthquake, all the remaining survivors from the earthquake. I don't think there are any. I think maybe there's one. Last year was the first year there were none. Oh, That's I know. Sad. I think I remember on the news seeing the, like, the one lady who was like 180 or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. So no more survivors from the 06 earthquake, but they paint the fire hydrant gold yeah. every year. And they put a wreath of flowers out to commemorate. I love that. It's service. So anyway, if you're in San Francisco, go check it out. Mm -hmm. The Golden Fire Hydrant. Or email us at uh, lastcallatmocktailshour.com and we'll show you ourselves. Right. We'll send you a link to the map. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you just wander down this 20th Street and holler, Cynthia. Right. <laughs> You'll come, hear. I'll come out and say Hi. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I'll be hiding. No. Um, 
So anyway, here we are. We're your mockologist and host today. We weren't always sober. Although these are sobering times. Yes, indeed. I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but here at uh, Coronavirus <laughs> HQ. Yeah. We're just barely into the coronavirus crisis. And I think one thing that's coming up for me and that may be coming up for a lot of people is that, hey, it'd be great to have a drink right now. Yes, that anxiety really pushes you to your wanting to grab a drink. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Everyone's on edge. I know. It's so weird. Well, there's so much in life anyway to be on edge. I was the second person in line at Tartine today, though. That was a highlight. <laughs> Tartine being the place the where... award-winning bakery, which usually has lines around the block daily, no matter what hour you go. Right. I was second in line. <laughs> and what did you get? Uh, one of everything. <laughs> like I do. So you spent... Did you have to take $80? No. <laughs> I was in there one day and I... I don't know. I think I came out with like two cookies and I it cost me 20 bucks. Or it it's, was, it's it's ridiculous. I only go if it's convenient or there's a parking place out front. Well, I don't think sugar is particularly great for warding off viruses. No. Do you have you been hearing about any best practices or healthy supplements or things you should be taking? I mean, we talked about it on our last podcast. My friend Jenny has that Corona killer punch <laughs> that she's been making and she swears by it. The Corona killer. Killer. <laughs> you know, I've just been the last few days just like I've had this amazing migration of birds that have landed in my backyard that are of all colors and they're like giving me such a sense of calm. Oh. Because I don't know if you noticed this after you stopped drinking, but the majesty of nature is so much more intriguing to me now that I don't drink. Oh. Isn't that weird? I'm with you. But you've always been nature-oriented. Have you noticed a shift, though? The shift I've noticed, I have been nature-oriented in that I like to go hiking and yeah. stuff. The shift I've noticed is when, I'm, when I find myself with a moment mm-hmm. that's unscripted, like in my car at a stoplight. Or 90% of us right now. Right. right. <laughs> I, I, will look, I will look up at the, I'll look at the sky between the buildings yeah. above the stoplight and just think, wow, how miraculous is this? How miraculous is this? Just in the beauty or just the yeah, moment? The beauty. Uh-huh. The sky. The yes. blue sky. It's, I mean, here in California... In San Francisco, it's often available to to just, there's somebody said, somebody famous who I can't think of now, but maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Some Buddhist quote about your troubles and your thoughts are the, the little puffy clouds. Oh. And then everything else is the big blue sky. Yeah. You know, your little problems are, they're little puffs. They're okay. It's going to be okay. There's yeah. this bigger sky out there. Yes. I don't think I said that very well, but... I get it. When I take time for that. Yeah, I mean, I found that just hanging out at home and uh, in the yard, we have a bird fountain, and that's been pulling in a lot of migratory birds. And we had one yesterday that was just like your t-shirt, like 
blue purple with a orangey red breast and the contrast was just gorgeous and it wasn't a SARS carrying seagull no (laughs) but my husband came home and he got the binoculars out and we were look, taking turns looking at him, and I said, I think this is what it means to be old. Oh, to look at birds and how Get beautiful. a kick out of it, like to oh. be older, to like sit here and go, oh, honey, look, the red-breasted googler blobber <laughs> is here again. And, you know? That's right. We saw him last year in Florida. Yeah, and the things he used to make fun of old people doing, like, what do they get a kick out of a stupid bird for? I know. And here we are just like, oh, here he comes. He's back again. Right. Well, you're not, you're not even that old. No, but these are, this is the big shift I've noticed mm. that I pay attention more and I kind of really get a kick out of, I get a energy recharge from things I see in nature, trees, flora, fauna, anything. Yeah. And there's, I think that what you're noticing and you're paying attention and there's so much richness Yes, in these moments. Yes. Grace. Part of it is sobriety doesn't hurt. Yeah. I'm getting older and with the handyman, like I noticed the other day, he came running upstairs to ask me, what magnification size were these reading glasses that I had that he was using? Because they were so fabulous, right? He was, <laughs> <laughs> he was all jazzed up on your like, where readers. Did you get, where did you get these? Oh, my God. <laughs> I got them at Ross. Dress oh, right? too funny. You know, right now with all the nervousness about our health, people are, I, you know, you hear, it used to be you'd hear, take lots of vitamin C, stay at home. Mm-hmm. Now it's there's whole new levels of advice about how to stay healthy. Yeah. Have you heard any? I think that just the whole hand washing thing and self-isolation. Right. That's the big, big two. Well, I was getting my hair done. I noticed you've got a fresh blowout. It's fabulous. I know. A new color. Ah! So I don't look so old. It's so natural. It's very natural because I'm a blonde. And my wonderful hairstylist was telling me that he is recommending that I take a tablespoon of cat liver oil uh, every morning. What? <laughs> I said, he said it a few times. I said, cat, cat liver oil? Gross. <laughs> he's foreign. Is he from another country? Yes, he's, he's actually French Canadian, though he's been here in San Francisco a long time. Cat liver oil. <laughs> You mean cod liver oil. Oh, how funny. So I'm going to try that I love it. Anyway, well. There are lots of podcasts with a more sober approach to sobriety, but we're just girls who want to have fun with it. That's right. We want to have fun. I guess we have a few rules. I think the rule is to have fun. And there's so many rules out there about being sober. I mean, I'm reading a lot of stuff online and books, and I saw a thing in the New York Times yesterday about a study about AA versus other approaches, uh-huh. and um, I don't know. I just feel like whatever gets you there, mm-hmm. and you know, if your sober rules include, I don't know, playing a bugle on top of the building on Saturday nights, if that's what you need, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Though, you know, as a real estate agent, you know I'm a realtor. No. <laughs> My God. You surprise me every day with this information. <laughs> if somebody was playing the bugle on top of their house every Friday night, I would have to disclose that if I was selling the neighbor's house. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Good. Yeah. I would be mortified if I bought it and found that out. Yeah, and somebody hadn't told you, mm. you'd be pissed off. Pissed. That's right. So, you know, you can count on me to to disclose any pertinent information <laughs> about bugles. I Let's, love it. All right. I've got a cocktail for us today. Yum. Are we ready? I think we've got the blender here. Yep. This is called a cucumber cooler. I did the cucumber juice preparation. Yeah, you kind of have to strain it out, right, to make it... I mean, I think you can buy it. quite pulpy. You can buy it, Mm -hmm. too, but you just put the chunks of waxy cucumber in the food processor. In this case, I used two big, two large waxy cucumbers. Oh! La la. Clutching my pearls. I, I fondled them carefully. I bet you did. As I selected them. Per. For maximum firmness. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not sure I want to taste this cocktail now. I'm not sure where your cucumbers have been, Cynthia. <laughs> yeah, well, they're good and waxy, let me tell you that. Um, Whoa! Woo! So, you know, I just put them in a food processor and then put them through a sieve. Yeah. So two cucumbers, then... I'm going to pour that into the blender. I also have here some lime juice, sugar, and salt. I'm going to throw that in. And now let's add about a cup of crushed ice. Ready? And let's see. Is there a liquid portion or is it just the ice? No, just just the the cucumber juice, the lime juice. You know, a little bit of lime. So whizzing that up makes it with like the salt a smoothie kind of thing. Yeah, like a Slurpee. Slurpee. Yeah. Slurpee. Only I've I think I've got enough liquid here that it's going to be a little thinner than that. Like yeah. A, not as thick as a margarita, frozen margarita. Like a little thinner. Yeah. Um, anyway, so here we go. Ready? Got some cups here waiting for you. Thank you. Oh, I like these cups. They're really cute. They're cactuses on them. I know, but they're pink. (laughs) (laughs) Where did you get those pink glasses? You know me, I get everything at thrift stores. No, they're I love them. I think they're made in Mexico. They're like hand blown. Super cute. All right. Ready? Cheers. Cheers. Yum. (sighs) I can feel summer coming. That is so refreshing and so cool. Cool as a cucumber. Exactly. What we're going to chat about is like how to be cool, stay cool. Right. How to be extra cool. When you're not drinking. But I want to say something about cool as a cucumber. Oh. That I just had this memory of my little cousin, Robbie. And when she was little... I had never heard that phrase, cool as a cucumber, before. Mm-hmm. And she had the, this cute pair of pajamas that were like the color of the inside of a cucumber. Ooh. Really pale, pale green. and With they, hoodies? No, no, no. It was like a two-piece 
pajamas like from the 50s or 60s like like I love Lucy like yeah, yeah, Lucy yeah. would wear and then it had a little this was in the days before they put slogans on everything yeah on the pocket it said cool as a cuke oh and I thought that's so weird what's what does that mean cool yeah. as a cuke oh and uh, that's when I first learned what cool as a cute cumber was oh that's cute all right so back to oh you have a story for us Being right cool. sunny yeah i mean i think one of the things i've struggled with the probably the one main thing i've struggled with with not drinking anymore and socializing is that i was worried i just wasn't going to be as funny so yeah the idea of being cool parallels into being funny and you know like i've always found myself my main personality is like humor and making light of anything I can with, with a joke here and there. And that was one thing I thought when I stopped drinking and going out with friends, I'm like, well, I mean, I'm just not as funny anymore. I'm looking at you and you're damn funny. <gasps> well, thank you. <laughs> but that's what I've gotten over. Yeah. And, but it was only recently, it was like two or three years of after not drinking. I'm like, oh, I'm boring. I'm not funny anymore. I'm funnier when I drink. Oh. But it's a different kind of funny, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a funnier funny. Funnier funny. Yeah. yeah. It's a funnier funny. A more funny. embarrassing funny. Yeah. But what broke the spell was our company Christmas party. And I'm not much of a karaoke person. <laughs> really? Um, I would no, think I don't be... have the greatest voice. I think you have a beautiful voice. We oh. were singing in the car together. Really? Yeah. Remember we were singing like some Elton John song or something. No. Jackson Brown. It's Jackson Brown. Somebody's baby. That's right. And we sounded good. You did. No. <laughs> you did. But anyway, it kind of broke the spell this year. I was at my company Christmas party, and those are always like the stressful where everyone's drinking a ton, you yeah. know, and that's your big, <laughs> that's your big test is right. the company Christmas party. And man, I got up there and sang a couple of like just barn burners and had what? everyone on the floor. What were they? Do you remember? Oh, you know, I do a really good Anita Baker. Oh. <laughs> With all my heart, I love you, baby. <laughs> Never leave, because I believe I'm in love. <laughs> so that's kind of like my big party trick, is, is my parody of Anita Baker. <laughs> oh, man, and I want to go. my coworkers were just like... I mean, crying with laughter. <laughs> My other one is Nasty Girl, which is a nasty song. Oh, the, you the think I'm a nasty girl. It's a Prince spinoff oh, right, group right. of three women that only wore lingerie. Oh, right. Yeah. Do you remember them? Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, they were very Apollina. Apollina. Apollonia. Yes. It was Apollonia and two other hookers. <laughs> um anyway so i sang those two songs and you know i stepped off the stage and i'm like hey man i still got it you do like i can still hold a room you probably did it better than you would have if you'd been drinking maybe i don't know but that's probably and that was just this year that mm -hmm. was just this last christmas that we had that and i'm just like you know Looking around going, I'm not going to have a hangover tomorrow. And you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, yeah. Yeah, but definitely um, still cool. What can I say? You are, you're too cool. Too cool for school. I mean, I'm, I'm, I wish I could be as cool no. as you are. Stop. No. You're super cool. Well, let's go. You let's... used to do quaaludes. I mean, geez. <laughs> That's like the coolest of the cool. You're I like Iggy Pop. I only did half a quaalude. Oh. Half a so. quaalude, which is why I was able to actually find my mouth <laughs> with my fork. <laughs> Wasn't sober enough to, um, speak up when the train was about to hit the car but oh my god no um still <laughs> that story kills me i'm not that cool but i'd like to i'd like to go karaoke you would oh totally i got the spot it's japan town well look like i'm good i want to sing um i'm good with diana ross Ooh, you know well you have an amazing like real voice you have like an actual singer's voice I have like a, I have that kind of folky yes. girl singer voice that like Judy I would, Collins. I would never go listen to me sing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to do Diana Ross instead. <laughs> well, heck, you know, once we start getting all of our followers, maybe we'll do a mocktail hour karaoke. <gasps> Great. There's I know. So, only the theme would have to be songs about drinking. Oh yeah, yeah. Because there's so many. There are so many. I've been I've been making a list. Oh, I'm making a list. Uh oh, you and your list. I'm gonna put it in our shared Google Drive, oh. so you can add to it. Oh, I'm sure I have a few. Your story is fascinating to me because, of course, it's very much like mine. Really? About, yeah. About. Shall I, shall we launch into mine? Yes. You know, I was thinking about what it is to be cool. And I was thinking about how there were all these kids I knew in high school or college, people I knew in my younger life who I thought were really cool. And then it turns out years later, when I talked to them or got to know them, they didn't feel like they were cool at all. Right. They were just being themselves. Yeah. Or disaffected or shy or, you know, yeah. there was something else going on. They didn't think they were cool. Mm -hmm. And I definitely wasn't cool during those times. Now, I thought about times when I did feel like a cool person, mm -hmm. um, like when I was listening to in high school, listening to Frank Zappa or Parliament before anybody. Nice. Else I knew was doing that. I thought it was pretty cool. And Maggot um, brain. <laughs> I know. There's, wow. there's one song on there. I can't think what it is that I love. And another time when I, later on, like after college, I was having an affair with the manager at the restaurant that I worked at. And I Restaurants was, are just a hotbed of oh, lust, aren't they? All, and so many, everyone I know that worked in a restaurant was hooking up in the, each other in the in the walk-in. Oh yeah, yeah. On after the butcher hour. block, correct. <laughs> by the bread, by the bread warmer. <laughs> Ew. Ew. But no, seriously. And I was working with his girlfriend. Like she oh, and I were the. You were the other woman. Yes. Ah. But I have to admit, I I enjoyed it. 
And then another time I felt kind of cool was when, after my divorce, I had managed to get a divorce, a, a divorce that was so amicable that my ex and I were still friends. And for years, people didn't know that we'd gotten a divorce. Oh, <laughs> you know? my God. So I think the kind of the Because you were seen together. We were seen. We, and... we were kind to each other. We were respectful to each other. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I think the unifying thing there is that there was some secret or something that I was doing differently that made me feel cool. Yeah. And so being sober, because there's so many people who drink, I feel kind of like I have the, this little secret, this little open secret that's it's really available to everybody. So you're looking at it like you're the cool odd man out. Yeah, I am. You know, I'm not the only one. I'm yeah. finding other cool people like you. Yeah. The handyman. He's a really cool guy. <laughs> um, and I get to hang out with him all the time. Yeah. I sleep with him. And then we share reading glasses and everything. But, ah. um, but I, when I first decided to get sober, I, on the third night of my sobriety, I went to a holiday party. I went with a bunch of friends with whom I would always get really loaded. Like That's I'd, tough timing. Did yeah. you make an announcement or did you just? No. no. In fact, that's one of the things that was really important. I didn't want to make an announcement. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I kind of wanted to go right into the teeth of it. I wanted to march right in nice. and put myself to the test immediately while I was full of resolve. And I think it would have shocked people so much that I wasn't drinking that I, you know, like I poured a La Croix into a glass with a lime and yeah, you can fake it. Nobody suspected. And so it was like my little secret. Yeah. I was sober and I got to have the same fun conversations, except maybe they were more fun because yeah. I wasn't thinking about, well, can I have another drink now? Or what time are we leaving? Will there yes. be, will there be dancing? Um, I bet you noticed the close face talking though and the shouting. Well, exactly. And that was my first thing. Oh my God, can you get your face out of my face? Oh my God. I mean, here are all these people who I really am in love with. Yeah. I love them. And it didn't take long, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes when they'd gotten one drink under their belt and then two or three, mm -hmm. they were all red in the face. I mean, and I'm talking about even the, the person who would only have one glass of wine or mm -hmm. two glasses of wine in my face, all red and hot and shouting, shouting and becoming just really kind of um, boring and I blah, know. blah, blah, blah. Like, what blah, are you talking blah. about? It's like they lose track of the conversation and get lost. And no. And it was and, and it was interesting to be able to do that. Also, without them knowing that I was sober now, because since then, when some of those friends find out that I'm sober, the conversation shifts to that. And, oh. and sometimes they'll, they'll look kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I'll end up hearing a lot about whatever their journey is at the moment. Yeah. Like, or like my brother, when he heard about it, he said immediately, I'm telling you one thing right now, I'm never going to quit drinking because I enjoy it. Uh and I thought, well... You know, good for you, buddy. Great. I, but you know, I didn't even 
I think people think that, yeah, you get a chip on your shoulder and you're going to run around and point fingers, right? Right. And I think I some of what we just said sounds a little bit judgy because, you know, we noticed how loud people get when they're drinking mm -hmm. and stuff. But something gets lost. Yeah. Don't you think? Something gets oh, yeah. lost. A, a, a real content, like quality yeah. conversation. And I, I mean, it's fun to shoot the shit. Yeah, I'm all for that. But I was so happy that night as we were leaving at 930 or whatever. And I knew that I'd be able to get up the next day and go to my Zumba class or my yoga class. Yeah, not feel and like I'd, garbage. And I'd feel great. How funny. I had lunch with my friend Margaret yesterday and she had the same story. She went to her high school reunion and she's She's been sober for years, went through AA, worked mm -hmm. for her, mm -hmm. but she left her high school reunion and she kept saying to her husband, why was everyone screaming at my face? I don't understand. Oh. Everyone was so loud and screaming in my face. And right. Her husband was like, they were all wasted. All of them. You were the only one there in the corner, like taking the, the shouting. <laughs> right. <laughs> she really found it like over the top. Well, for me, going to that party three days in really, that really crazy that cemented my commitment. I wasn't wavering before that. I'd been fine for three days. <laughs> but um, I just thought, this is so great. I love it. I don't want to drink. I don't want to do it. So, and I felt really cool for having made that decision. I love it. Anyway, that's my story. Love it. Oh, and the moral of the story is, but wait, we don't want to bring morality into this because we're too cool now that we're sober. <laughs> but if you want to be cool like us, think about cooling your drinking. That's right. Think about cooling it a little bit, maybe, or, or just, you know, have one of those cucumber coolers that we just uh, gave you the recipe for and hell, go ahead and add a shot of vodka <laughs> right? Go ahead. If Why not? If that's what you want to do, I think you should do it. But if you want to try it without, I think that's a, a better idea. Mm -hmm. maybe. Resource of the week. I just finished reading this great book. Called How do you read these many books? You're making me look bad. Why? Because I'm a terrible reader. Oh. I need to start reading more if I'm going to be 50% of the mocktail hour. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, you're 80% of the mocktail Stop. hour. You are. Or at least 55. Okay, I 55. Like that. I'll take it. Um, you know, I have I have this really bad book habit. Now that I have, I get everything from the public library. I borrow it digitally. Neat. And and it's cool because they have it set up so that you can anytime I read about a book that sounds interesting, I just put it in my queue and then it'll show up in my feed and I can delay it or send it back. I can check it out again. I can, and I can go through them really fast. Yeah. I have changed the way I read since I've been doing it digitally. I mm -hmm. skim more. Are I you a bedtime reader? Almost always. See, that's my problem. I pick up a book and two, two paragraphs in, I'm out like a light. Yeah. When I was drinking, I could stay up and read. Well, yeah, because it's the oil in the gears of your body. Yeah. 
but now I no. Usually, I'm fighting to stay awake by the time I put the book down. Oh, and then I'm like, bam, I'm out. And I usually have three or four things going at one time. So this one book is called Blackout. Remembering the Things I Drank to Forget. It's by a writer named um, Sarah Hepola. I don't know if I'm saying that right. H-E-P-O-L-A. But it's her memoir. She's a writer. She used to work at Salon. You'll see her essays all over the place. But it's all about her just, I could identify with so many of the stories about different places in her life where she made terrible decisions, where she put herself in harm's way, where she was drinking herself into a total unawareness about what really mattered in her life. Wow. She was, anyway, it's entertaining because there's some real lows, um, really bad, you know, bad choices, good stories. And so I, and it's really balanced. I like, I liked the book a lot. So I'll put that in the show notes. Thanks. We'll have that for you. I'll put it on the list. We always welcome your recipes, stories, questions, or comments. Follow us on Instagram at the Mocktail Hour. And please join our Facebook group at the Mocktail Hour. And our website is mocktailhour.com. That's M-O-C-K-T-A-L-E. That's right. T-A-L-E. And have a nice mock T-A-I-L on us. Yes. Um, And we'll see you next week. Yay. Bye.